Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Gwen Combs, who is running for Congress in Arkansas's second district. I'm recording this late on Tuesday evening, so I'm watching primary results roll in, and I am really excited. Stacey Abrams is now headed to the general and may become the country's first female African-American governor. Here in Texas, former Air Force Intelligence Officer Gina Ortiz-Jones won her runoff. And in Kentucky, former fighter pilot Amy McGrath has won her primary race. It's a really good night for veterans. I'm actually refreshing my browser, hoping that I see one more veteran win her race. Lupe Valdez. She's running for the Democratic spot here in the Texas governor's race, and all of my fingers and toes are crossed that her name comes out on top tonight. Obviously, I'm stoked about all these wins, but I gotta tell you, I'm even more excited about what I saw at my polling place today. Today is not a primary election day in Texas. Today is a primary runoff day, and while there weren't lines out the door for me to cast my ballot, it wasn't completely empty either. People care about what's happening in our country. People want change. They want their voices heard. And beyond that, they're actually going to vote instead of just meaning to vote. People are voting in a runoff primary. That is unheard of. This is exciting. I am legit excited. This is what happens when we the people put some effort into our democracy. Okay, I was on your website looking around and there's a photo taken behind you at the women's march in arkansas and i have to admit that i was trying to see if i could see myself in that picture (laughs) because i was there awesome (laughs) and you are the one behind it you put that like all together well i didn't do it by myself it was definitely a team effort but i was the lead organizer i was the founder of the effort to organize it um i went into this deep depression right after the election. And that Friday night after school, I'm a teacher. After school, I was scrolling through Facebook and found the Women's March on Washington. And I was just so inspired by the fact that people were turning out to try to speak up and stand with people who had been marginalized throughout the election. So I shared information about it. I knew that it wasn't something that I could go to because I'm a teacher and have teacher salary and teacher schedule, but I shared it locally and people thought it would be a good idea to have something local. I had never done anything like that before, but I jumped in with both feet and created a little Facebook event, expected maybe a hundred people to get there and uh, 7,000 turned out. It was the largest event, largest demonstration in Arkansas history. And had you organized anything? I mean, uh, probably not to that scale before, but did you have like organizing experience? No, not in a political sort of fashion. As a teacher, I've organized events at schools. Um, I've organized bazaars and chess tournaments and things like that, but nothing involving the public. (laughs) A little bit different than a chess tournament. Definitely. Well, it was it was amazing to be there in the crowd. You know, I grew up in Arkansas and I I happened to be there for the weekend and thought I would go. And I was flabbergasted at how many people were there. It was pretty impressive. I'm glad to know that you were there. Yeah, it was great. 
So uh, let's get you introduced. So who are you and for what are you running? All right. My name is Gwen Combs. I'm not a career politician. I'm just a mom, a teacher, a veteran, and I'm fed up with the way things are going. Um, I'm running for Congress in Arkansas 2nd District to try to make a change to make sure that Arkansas is as great as I know it can be. What part of the state is the 2nd District? The 2nd District is the seven counties in central Arkansas. It's all of Pulaski, White, Saline, Faulkner, Van Buren, Perry, and Conway counties. Okay. What pushed you to decide to run? I had a couple of tipping points. Um, a year ago yesterday, our House of Representatives voted to repeal the ACA. And a, a year ago today, I posted in a group called repeal and replace French Hill, who's running for this seat. Um, I had gotten engaged in activism as a result of organizing the march, and I worked to connect the people who turned out for that event, who weren't necessarily already engaged in activism. I worked to connect them with groups in the state that were already doing work. As a result of that, I was contacted by a group called Housing Works out of New York, and they asked if they could send a trainer to Little Rock to um, train people to be effective healthcare activists. So we hosted a training, trained about 40 people. I connected them to a, an indivisible group up in Northwest Arkansas, and they trained some people too. And then when summer rolled around, they invited us to Washington, D.C. to participate in those gigantic protests that you saw all over the news. I knew that I did, I knew that I wanted to run for something at that point, but I wasn't sure what at all. Um, so I didn't get myself arrested like the awesome people who were with me. But I did take time to meet with Senator Cotton and his chief of staff and Senator Bozeman's legislative staff and tell them what I felt on health care and tried to make, make it personal for them as a veteran, as a person with pre-existing conditions, and as a teacher in a Title I school where my kids depend on Medicaid for a lot of their services. So fast forward a little bit later that month, the early morning hours of July 28th, Senators Cotton and Bozeman both voted to repeal the ACA without replacing it. And I filed with the FEC to run for this office that day. How has it been? Because, you know, Arkansas is a very conservative state. Mm -hmm. How has it been running, you know, a more progressive campaign? Well, you know, people are ready for some change. Um, every once in a while, I'll get a hater on social media. But it's really honestly been very rare. A lot of people are excited about the idea of an everyday Arkansan running, mm -hmm. somebody who's not a career politician, somebody who can bring to the table the perspective of the everyday struggles that we face in the world. Have you always been political? No. As a teacher, we have to keep our politics out of the classroom. And for mm -hmm. me, that meant that I was just a voter. Leading up to the election, though, I teach uh, K through five in a Title I school, 96.8% of my kids are living in poverty. And wow. yeah, and about 90% are African American. There's a small percentage of 
a couple of different races, but leading up to the election, one Latino boy asked me if Donald Trump was elected, would he be deported? And one of my African-American boys asked me if Donald Trump was elected, would he be murdered? They were seeing the news around the country of the violence and the hate that was everywhere and was being empowered by somebody running for president who was embodying those beliefs. So to be to be asked those questions and to not be able to talk about my personal politics and say, hey, I'm against this person, and also to not be able to adequately reassure the kids because I had the same fears myself was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And to to see them, to face them the day after the election and have them ask, Mrs. Combs, who did you vote for? And for me not to be able to tell them was too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started getting... I started getting political just socially, um, speaking up about voting against Donald Trump, probably around July before the election. And that was about the extent of it until until I organized the march and got into activism and decided to run for something. Have you had any pushback or consequences as a result of becoming political as a teacher? No, I haven't. I belong to a teacher union and we have a strong union and I checked very early on to see if there would be a problem with getting involved. And they said that our rights as individuals, as citizens are maintained as long as we're taking that the action after contract hours and not on school property. So I have to create a a separate persona when I'm at school. I can't talk about it with my students. Every once in a while, they say, hey, I saw you on the news. And I'm just like, okay, how did I do? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, 305, my day changes. And it's all political from that point on. God, that sounds exhausting. It is. It's extreme. Teaching is extreme. Running for Congress is extreme. And to, to, to do both at the same time, I don't know what I'm thinking, except that I know, <laughs> I know we need change and I'm that passionate about making it happen. Yeah. So if you do get elected, will you still teach or do you have to give that up? It won't be possible because of the need to be in Washington, D.C. to serve as a congresswoman. Um, I don't necessarily think that I would give it up forever because Mm -hmm. I don't think that I would serve in Congress forever. I don't think it's healthy for our democracy for people to serve in government forever. But it would be something that I would have to put on hold. What has the process of running been like for you? I mean, you talked about having to switch into a different persona, but... I mean, just like scheduling and going and knocking on doors and things like that. You know, how do you how do you manage that? Well, fortunately, like I said, 305 is the end of my work day for somebody who worked a nine to five job or a nine to six job. That would be more challenging. So fortunately, I've got late afternoon. I've got evenings. I've got weekends off and we just cram those hours as full as we can. I have an amazing team that is made up of all volunteers. 
and all of us work full time, but we're juggling this because it's something that we feel so passionately about. We've made it to all seven counties um, multiple times, and uh, we spend a lot of time on the weekends knocking doors. We've got six hours a weekend scheduled for knocking doors. Um, we do some phone banking remotely and together, and we try to hit as many events as we can. What are some of the big issues that people in your district are concerned about? You know, everybody seems to be concerned about the same thing, regardless of which side of the political aisle they are on. People are concerned about their health care. People are concerned about education, and people are concerned about their financial security in whatever form that takes. Um, when I talk about financial security, that is meaning for me that we need stronger wages, living wages that allow people to support um, a life of dignity rather than one that is in desperation. Um, seniors and seniors need their military retirement preserved, social security preserved, Medicare. Medicaid preserved, um, and we need some job growth, economic growth and development across the state. And I think that we can facilitate that by implementing universal health care. We can help to build people's ability to be innovative and create new businesses um, and to have mobility between and among jobs that they may feel trapped in because of employer-provided health care. Mm -hmm. So you said that you're a veteran, you're a teacher, you know, what? what's your background? Yeah, I've got an interesting background. I was born into a blue-collar home. Um, my dad was a machinist. I lost him to mental illness when I was 10 years old. And then I helped my mom uh, run a small farm to make ends meet. We raised chickens, we had horses, um, cows, pigs, um, <laughs> a, a huge vegetable garden, um, just all those things to make ends meet. I wanted to become a college graduate, and I didn't have the resources to do it. I didn't have the support system. I didn't have the finances to do it, but I got a decent scholarship to an out-of-state school. And I went, and because I didn't have the knowledge base, I wasn't successful. I lost my scholarship and therefore lost my ability to go to school. So I moved back home and worked three jobs to try to figure out how to go back for a third year of school. I couldn't get it together. Um, it was just too difficult when employers wouldn't hire full-time um, and it just got mixed and matched hours here and there. So I enlisted in the Air Force. I served in the Special Operations Command in Okinawa as an aircraft maintainer for three years and lived in Okinawa for an additional two years as a military spouse and then chose Arkansas as my home in 2001, right after 9-11. Why did you choose Arkansas? We had two options. Um, my spouse at the time could choose uh, North Carolina or Arkansas. And Arkansas being the natural state looked like a great place to be. <laughs> I love to be and, outdoors. 
And you fell in love and stayed? Yes. My son was two when we moved here. Now he's going to turn 19 soon. And this has been his home. So it's it's our home. We own, yeah. own a home here, have lived my career um, teaching. I've taught in rural, urban, and suburban Arkansas since I've been here. And it's just where I belong. What kind of obstacles have you faced on your campaign so far? Financing is a huge one. Um, Campaign finance is so gross. The amount of money that it takes for uh, parties to consider a person to be a viable candidate are extreme and obscene when you think about the alternate methods of employing those dollars in our communities. You know, I talked to a consultant and they said that to to win this race, I needed two and a half million dollars, and I'm just thinking, what Whoa. would what would two million dollars do for a school? Yeah. So we have, like I said, we're all volunteer, so we have worked around some of those issues. I'm a teacher. I'm used to used to working miracles without very much funding, if any. Um, I grew up poor, so I also am used to not having much of a budget to work with. So we've made things work. We've created some great, uh, great graphics using PowerPoint instead of paying thousands and thousands of dollars for consultants to create them. And uh, we're just putting sweat equity into it. Mm-hmm. In addition, um, I've got primary opponents. That's a big challenge. There are four of us running in this primary. When is your primary? May 22nd, and early voting starts Monday, the 7th. Wow, that is quick. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you just like chugging through? I was just asked that question 30 <laughs> minutes ago. Are you nervous or excited? And I said, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm chugging through. I took a night off to decompress last night, played some chess with my husband and enjoyed that. And... uh Ready to ready for the sprint to begin, I guess. How can people get involved with your campaign? Well, people who are local who want to volunteer, we definitely have capacities for them to do so. Um, we need people to deliver signs. We need people to knock on doors, to event canvas, to phone bank. Um, making donations is a great way to support the campaign. The maximum campaign donation is $2,700 per election. And um, even five bucks here and there helps a lot. Our website is combsforarkansas.com, all spelled out. And we're on social media and um, at combs4ar and on Twitter at Gwen Combs. So there's a lot of ways for people to interact with the campaign and get information about how to get involved. What has been one thing that has really surprised you about running for office? That is a great question. I think the biggest surprise has been not necessarily um, having support that I thought I would have from people who, from people who seemed very encouraging about me getting involved in politics and people who talked a lot about women's rights and feminism, who aren't necessarily supporting the women, the woman running in this 
uh, race. Mm-hmm. That's been the biggest surprise. How do you get around that? I mean, if it's, and I don't want you to like call somebody out, but you know, if it's somebody close to you or somebody that you thought you had counted on their support and you find out that's not true. You just move on. Um, the interesting thing about this campaign is that it's really appealing to people who are disenfranchised with politics, um, people who might not necessarily have voted previously, people who were fed up, um, people who are young and haven't voted before are inspired by the campaign and they're going for it. And a great thing about it is that I'm able to say, you know, regardless of the outcome for my campaign personally, I know because I've been told that there are other women running because I'm running, because I put myself out there, they were willing to do the same. And that means that I've made an impact. Okay. And I get one last question. What is one piece of advice that you have for women who might be thinking about running for office? Do it. Just do it. Um, Connect with as many groups as you can to garner support. Um, Seek endorsements of groups like NOW and um, stand up for the things that you believe in. Take a stand for this. I think it's Right now is the most important time for us to stand up and run just because we need so much change. That's good advice. Thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. That's it for today. Big thanks to Gwen Combs for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at CombsForArkansas.com. That's C-O-M-B-S. F-O-R, Arkansas.com. She's also on Facebook at Gwen Combs for Arkansas. And on Twitter, you can find her at at Gwen Combs. You can find She's Running on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you like what I'm doing here, please tell a friend about the show. Also, follow us on Twitter. I am desperately trying to up my Twitter followers for the show. And I'm inching up but I really want to hit a thousand. (laughs) So please, if you haven't followed the show, just go over there and and hit the button. (laughs) Put me out of my misery. I wanted to get to a thousand followers. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for today. I'm still on this primary election high. I'm refreshing my browser, looking for the win for Lupe. I'll let you know on Twitter if she gets it. Thanks. Talk to you soon.